They gonna love me for my ambition. Shout out to everybody out there in the world listening per usual. If you're a listener of the CA podcast, I appreciate you. But if it's your first time listening, definitely make sure to subscribe to the channel, Club Ambition. I go by Sound, the host for today. And we have my brother, appreciate for him coming through today, the executive producer. And I was missing last week. Marlon. Yeah, Marlon came back from his trip. He had a 4th of July trip out in New Hampshire. You know, went to some caves. <laughs> Did some interesting digging around over there with the family. Different people up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely, you know. Um, but shout out to everybody, especially listening every week. Thousands of people listening and watching on YouTube from Providence, Rhode Island. Especially Rhode Island. Special, special episode this week. You know, you can almost call it similar to, to uh, I think a couple other podcasts do it, where it's like an emergency episode. Mm. This is similar to that. I guess <laughs> this, this can be like our, our emergency episode, right? Not traditional to what we've done, but something I definitely wanted to do, especially with this person, this, you know, this actual now topic online, the number one political topic in the world. I thought it was just going to be on Twitter, but, you know, long behold, we have... As of last night, Fox News covering it. Today, um, Marjorie Taylor Greene spoke about her, and she's here to speak her piece and speak her mind, and I want to provide her that platform, you know, as unobjectively as I can, but at the same time, um, just speak on the facts, and at the end of the day, just provide her that platform, you know. So we appreciate her being here today, and introduce yourself to the people, for those who don't know you, and who you are. Yes. Hi, I am Senator Tiara Mack. Uh, I am 28 years old and I am a state senator in Rhode Island representing District 6, Providence. There we have it. Tiara Mack, you know, uh, now the number one thing that pops up when you search her name is (laughs) Tiara with another T word, twerking, you know. (laughs) But before the twerking, let's actually provide some background. For those who don't know, what is your specific full job title? So I am a Rhode Island state senator, which is a part-time position, Um, but that is the professional capacity in which I was twerking. (laughs) (laughs) How long have you been a senator? I was elected in 2020, so this is the end of my first session, or my first, uh, my first, yeah, my first two-year term. term. You guys do two-year terms, senators do two-year terms, right? But then you can be reelected, I think, as many times as possible. Yes, it is an unlimited amount of reelections. Okay, okay, that's interesting to know. I feel like a lot of people don't know that. And for those who don't understand, what does it mean, in your words, to be a senator? What does that entail? What What is that by definition? Yeah, so I think a lot of people don't realize that um, most state legislators are part-time positions. So in Rhode Island, a state senator is a part-time role. So I have a full-time job, forty hours a week, somewhere else. Yeah. That pays my bills and the state senator job is uh before taxes it's roughly like sixteen thousand dollars that we get as a stipend before taxes and we meet um the senate this year met tuesdays and thursdays and then sometimes we go in on wednesdays and um it doesn't start until four o'clock so it is after your work day it is in addition to your normal job and as a senator i was elected um, in 2020 to represent the people i beat a 30-year incumbent someone who had been in office since before i was born um and yeah he'd been there for a minute Um, someone who had been in office since before i was born who had never knocked doors and i decided to run against him because in 2018 i received a 
a letter from him while I was advocating for abortion access and rights with three Bible quotes on it. Um, and I was like, I'm sorry, this is on official state house stationery from a senator who um, is anti-choice and anti-LGBTQ. He actively voted against marriage equality and every mm. single time, this is like a weird Rhode Island thing, but when someone gets married in Rhode Island or wants to get married, they have to have a, a solemnization of marriage certificate signed by the General Assembly. And typically everyone just like votes yes, like yes, you get married. It's like pretty um, standard. But every time there's a same sex couple, he would vote no. Wow. Yes. So I went against a uh, 30-year incumbent who was anti-LGBTQ, anti-abortion, and wrote Bible quotes on his official stationery. I saw that. And I saw that you won uh, 60% of the votes? Yes, I won 60% of the votes against him in 2020. So it was a big upset. Lots of people did not think that I would win. Lots of people did not support me openly until after I won. Mm -hmm. And I have been in office for two years now, shaking things up and showing people how to lead with empathy, compassion, and as an unapologetically black queer woman who's also millennial. <laughs> <laughs> you know, checking off all the boxes. All of them. That's amazing to me, the fact that... um. You know, from my research, actually, the the fact that to be a state senator, first of all, a lot of people don't know in Rhode Island, there's 38 districts. So there's 38 state senators representative of each district individually. So you represent District 6. Yes. District 6 is basically similar uh, around the area where I kind of grew up. Uh, uh, a portion of the south side, I would say, but definitely mainly Thurber's, uh North Main and like Rhode Island Hospital, that, yep. whole, that whole area. Um, for those who don't know, especially people listening out there, because I feel that's definitely important. A lot of people don't know the districts that they live in. If you live, especially in Rhode Island, those that listen, definitely do your research. And you won the population of that district. I think it's 28,000 people, citizens about mm -hmm. around there, 28,400 uh, 28, people. And you won, there was 1,500 people that voted for you and you won that position through uh, through that, which is crazy because... That's 5% of the population that just voted. Yeah. So imagine, you know, and I feel like now, because you're up again for re-election this, this term. Yes. So now I would imagine there's going to be more than 5% of people that come out, hopefully, and vote for um, the new districts um, coming up now in Rhode Island. Because it's crazy to me, like, a couple hundred people could have made a major difference. And I feel mm -hmm. like people don't understand that. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's such a... Especially the smallest state in Rhode Island, obviously, but then there's a lot of people live here still. It's still the smallest state, but we're here dealing with like a million plus population. <clears throat> but then you have these specific districts that the turnouts can change by just a small margin of people. But right. people don't really realize that. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, there's such low voter turnout because we've had... You have these people who've been in office, like literally the person that I went against wasn't the only person who'd been there for over 30 years. Um, I've been... Since I've been there, there have been people been there since before I was born the uh, majority leader he'd been there for he was elected in 1992 I was born in 1993 wow. there is another guy wow. uh, the senate president has been there for 37 years I believe wow. there is a handful of other people like I, when I say I'm the youngest I mean I am literally by I'm the only person there who's in their 20s wow. there's only a handful of people in their 30s and by a handful I mean I think only uh, Senator Acosta is in his 30s and then um, Cinder Mendy's just turned 40. So there's a handful of people who are in their 40s. And everybody else is like 50 plus. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, that's crazy. Because my thing is like no matter what you believe in, what side you're voting for, it's just that simple concept of 
your actual vote matters, especially on a local level mm-hmm. by such a small margin, you know, uh, but continuing uh, along with some of your background. So for those who don't understand, um, what are some of the things that you can directly affect as a state senator of Rhode Island for your district? What is like something that you can, you know, potentially change within a month or two or just in general with your next upcoming year? Yeah. So since I was elected, we've been able to do some really cool things that we've been working on for a really long time across the state and across the nation. We just passed a pathway to $15 minimum wage. That's not enough. I think people need a lot more um, than $15 because if you do the math, $15 is $32,500 a year before taxes. I think people need a $55,000 minimum salary, which is like 25 or more dollars an hour. Um, We also were able to legalize marijuana um we also just we choose the judges that go into court so these are the people that determine whether or not someone goes to jail or gets probation we also determine um the laws around what is legal and illegal we make the budget we determine how our state spends millions of dollars a year we determine um whether or not there is a police officer's bill of rights we create uh we can also create mandates for curriculum um we just um created uh black history mandated mandating that black history is taught in schools in rhode island Uh, so we have a lot of power we also um like supply money to like make sure that people get sewers um so some boring stuff but some other like really big high profile things we can do that's amazing and for those who don't know, uh, would you mind providing a quick background as when it comes to your upbringing? How would you describe your upbringing? Because I saw a lot of people on Twitter questioning and everything. So when it comes to your upbringing, what would be a quick summary? Yeah, so I was raised in Georgia. I was uh, raised just north of Atlanta in Norcross, Georgia. And um, I'm a formula income black woman. So I was raised by a mom who worked paycheck to paycheck. Um, my mom was unemployed. We struggled to pay the light bill. We struggled to pay for health care, was uninsured. Lights was cut off. Water was cut off. Rent sometimes was not paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, borrowing money from relatives. Um, so that was that was how I experienced um, life. I w- was able to go to really good schools, even though I live in apartments and shared room. Like I'm one of five siblings. So was always sharing wow. room with two, three uh, siblings at a time. Okay. And how um, did your, you know, young education lead you towards actually studying here? Did you have like great um, grades that led you to like a scholarship? What was the whole process of transitioning to being a Brown actual graduate? Yeah. So I went to really great public schools, received a really great quality public education, um, was able to do lots of extracurriculars, uh, sports, music. I played viola, um, was really, yeah, I was really into, uh, being just like an academic, loved reading, loved like being smart, loved math, all of those things. Um, but that was just a product of really good education in the South, in my public schools. Um, and Brown was always my dream school. I want, I want to say that I read like a book when I was in third grade and I wrote an essay, like I'm going to go to Brown when I get older. And, um, my junior year, senior year started applying and I got in, it was like the happiest day of my life. And that's what brought me to Rhode Island. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And when it comes to, um, there's a question actually by, um, my friend, shout out to Ariel (laughs) Terreras. She provided me this question, uh, mutual friends, because I believe you, you, she knows you. So she, uh, provided a, a good amount of questions but one of her questions was specifically when it comes to your actual um your actual interests as a child did you always like grow up wanting to be a senator or did you have an actual 
other passion? I know you said you played instruments. So was that something like musical you were trying to kind of toward, uh, leaning towards? No, I I mean, I really had no idea what, what, what I want to be when I grow up. I still don't really know what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's okay. But I never saw myself in politics, especially as a young, poor, black kid. Like, that just, like, wasn't anything that I saw myself doing or being because every every single person that I saw in politics like Obama was elected when I was in eighth grade like I remember working on that campaign with my mom just doing phone calls like in like the South Carolina headquarters mm. but like there were no black people in politics like there were no black people who like were leaders and who were on TV talking about policy and talking about communities um, as a low-income black kid the the greatest thing that I can be and this is a little embarrassing now because of like who this person is but like I wanted to be Ben Carson when I grew up. I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be a brain surgeon for children because that's what I thought like made money and made changes and like was seen as like a good career and like would like change my family. Mm -hmm. I never saw myself in politics and it honestly wasn't until I got angry in um, in 2018 when I was working on the reproductive um, the Reproductive Health Act in Rhode Island, which codified the right to abortion, um, that I realized the person who was my own senator was someone who just had completely different beliefs than me. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't imagine him leading. And it was like, well, let's find somebody else to do it. And I remember working on the campaign of the person who was running against him before I did. And I was like, well, I would do anything to get this person elected. And they weren't elected. And I was like, well, I guess now it's me. I guess I, I guess I'm the one who's got to run. Mm. And I, I ran. I ran during the global pandemic and I won. And I'm here today as a part time state senator. That's pretty cool because I, I have similarities to the way I am, especially recently. Like, I feel like if something doesn't exist is like and I want it so bad, it's like, why? Why shouldn't I do it? Yeah. You know, why shouldn't I step in or why shouldn't I try to create that? So you did that right there specifically with the Senate position. And yeah, that's that's cool to know because a lot of people might have just thought like, oh, you know, she might have always wanted to be this or she got lucky. But it was a situation where you really just strive to do this at the time when you felt it, you know, mm -hmm. naturally. So it was like a natural situation. And look at the position you're in now. But continuing uh, with some more questions. So did you um actually let me continue with some of Ariel's questions. because I want to I want to get her questions out first. So shout out to Ariel again, providing some insight and a lot of more in-depth questions. She wants to know, what are your legislative priorities overall? Yes, so some of my biggest priorities are repealing the Law Enforcement Officers Bill of Rights, uh, quality housing, making sure that housing is affordable, increasing black home ownership and uh, historically marginalized communities home ownership. I also have a reproductive health um, uh, priority to inc that includes free menstrual product products for people in college, public colleges and universities, uh, codifying um, the parental consent for folks who are under the age of 18 to require an abortion, um, ending solitary confinement in our prisons. Uh, there is a probation reform bill. Uh, so I, it kind of spans the this spectrum, uh, living wage, taxing the wealthiest Rhode Islanders. Uh, I was able to check off legalizing marijuana off of that. And then though we did get a pathway to $15, um, that was one of my priorities. But I really want to focus on a living wage now. Okay. And let's, you know, get to where a lot of people <laughs> have been, you know, waiting for Fortunately or unfortunately, however you guys, you know, desire to feel, let's play what has now become, you know, a household video, a house, <laughs> household video and is now making your name 
you yes. know, one of the most Googled names in the past 24 hours in the world. The twerk heard around the world. The twerk heard around or seen around the world. <laughs> so this is the post right here. For those who know, don't know, Senator Mac on, this is obviously your Twitter account. Yes. And this was, what date specifically? Wasn't on 4th of July exactly? Yes, it was America's birthday. <laughs> so on 4th of July, she made this post. And I don't want to say immediately. I want to say, how would you describe it? Was it same day or was it like the next day that it kind of picked up? It was the up? same day. Same day? Really? Oh, yeah. People were popping off same day. Was it the, the for the for those who don't know, I the Twitter account I saw mainly picked it up was Libs of TikTok. Was was it, did they do it the same day? or? Um, I actually don't know. So I had never heard of Libs of TikTok before. I was on Libs of TikTok. Really? And so, yeah, no, I really don't follow too many, like, right-wing uh, mm, things. Okay. Like, you know, protect my peace. But, yeah, I someone's like, oh, my God, you're on Libs of TikTok. And I was like, oh, like, is that, like, a big deal? Is that, like... It's a huge deal. <laughs> I'll be here to tell you the, the firsthand... Definitely a huge deal. I've known of them, especially due to the situation they had with Joe Rogan and then them being called out on TikTok for, I guess, quote unquote controversies. But then they're huge on Twitter. Their account's huge on Twitter. So then they reposted this video right here. For those who don't know, here it is. Senator Mack. Mm, looking like a snack. <laughs> Vote Senator Mack. Vote Senator Mack. Now, this was uh, Block Island, right? I, I think yes, Block, Block Island. Island. And let's get to some instant feedback. First of all, in your opinion, before we get to actual quotes that I'm going to quote from people that have actually obviously given feedback online and shared their opinion, what would you describe in your own words the reaction to this? <laughs> if, I could, uh, if I could be real, it was, a, it was white. It was a very white reaction. <laughs> um, folks lost their absolute minds over this. Um, folks were claiming that they were like throwing up in their mouth and they were just like so disgusted and disappointed and like their whole world was turned upside down literally because I had done a headstand and twerked. Um, it was it was similar to the reaction that like white people had to when Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. They were like, the world will never be the same. I'm traumatized. And I'm like, whoa, this was like not that deep. <laughs> like this was, this was like not that like deep. Like I'm not like not doing anything out of the normal that people would do at a beach. But I mean, most people can't do a headstand. A lot of people can't twerk. Maybe more talented than a lot of people. Yeah. But um, so I was, I was really pretty caught off guard by like how mm. much, like how um, affected people were negatively. They I, they felt that like I had personally done something to like rock their world and their perception of like all things holy and moral. Yeah. So, so now that you said that, one of the actual feedbacks that I saw online that actually came to mind specifically, people were feeling this way where they were like, she did this divisively specifically to try to get the engagement of the people of this demographic, the TikTokers, the millennials, maybe even people that twerk. Was it specifically as, you know, strategic as, pe as people are making it seem like you oh. contrived this plan or was it something that you just naturally did and you were like, hey, let's see what happens? Yeah. So it's it's funny. So I had owned, my TikTok is like literally a week old. Like I created a TikTok 
it might be two weeks old, but I, I definitely have a video, like one of my first videos, like, hey, I'm trying to go viral on TikTok to talk about abortion. Like I specific, mm. I had a goal in mind to start talking about abortion. One of my friends asked me to join her on her TikTok. She's got a couple hundred thousand um, followers. She's a Harvard graduate and she talks about the law and she's like join me and I, and I couldn't join her live because I didn't have a thousand like, followers oh. and I was like oh my god the current like I have to have a thousand followers in order to join my friends live I didn't know that and I was like okay well it'll take me a little while to build up to a thousand followers but it'll be fine I'm just going to talk about abortion I'm going to talk about the landscape in Rhode Island because this is right after Roe v. Wade was overturned by the Supreme Court and I was like okay bet like I like this is something that I know I've been working on this since 2015 I at least know Rhode Island I can give some people some hope in this time because people are like oh my god I can't believe like so many bad things are going to happen and I was like wait like pause like I do this work in Rhode Island. Yes, the, what happened federally is really scary. And we have a lot of safeguards in Rhode Island. Do not give your money to these politicians. Give your money to an abortion fund. Invest in grassroots efforts. Don't just immediately give your money to people who are asking for it. There are organizations that do this work and have been doing this work. And we have that infrastructure. So, like, don't panic. But here are some resources to help you make an informed decision about how to get involved in the next step. Um and so I was like, okay, TikTok, like in crisis, like I've got a lot of different hobbies. And I was like, okay, like I am a young, like millennial. I think I can be cool. I tried TikTok before. It just like, wasn't my thing. I'm like, oh, this is exhausting. I've got to pump out content every day. Um, and so with this, I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm going like talking about abortion and the landscape in Rhode Island is my niche. I'm a state senator. People will respect that platform. People will listen to me because I am a state senator and I know this work really well. Um, and then this video in particular, like, yes, it was like, yes, I, I I did post this video after like knowing like, okay, my goal is to go viral. I definitely want more attention. I want to bring more attention to this content. But it was also just a silly day at the beach. Like I've twerked upside down in so many different venues. Like I, I'd be twerking like since it was like the one thing that I learned like year one of the pandemic. And so I was like, okay, proud of myself. Got that core strength and flip upside down. And I like did not, did I expect it to get some traction? Yes. Did I expect to end up on like um, Tucky Carlson's little like TV show with his name, like with my name coming out of his mouth? Absolutely not. One of my friends is in Italy right now. It's like in the Italian news. Um, I was like, this is this is like wild, literally for like an eight second video of me like flipping over and like twerking. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely did not expect this. International news. Mm -hmm. Yeah. International. So. Quick responses. Your first things that, that the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear these actual quotes from feedback from people online. Mm -hmm. First one, not professional. What happened to class? What do you say? So people have. So I've been in office for two years. People have called me not classy for less. Like I say fuck a lot. Um, I got elected saying fuck. I got elected wearing T-shirts. I have a shirt that says fuck ice on it that I like, took before I was even running. And I posted that um, when there were national conversations about the ICE detention centers and like the human rights violations that are happening there and the, the tragedies that are happening with children being separated from their parents. I have a fuck the shirt that says like fuck like fuck ice. And so, like, that's who I am, and this is who I've always been. I never – I ran as an unapologetically, like, young person who's going to, like, flip the norm. I'm not a stuffy, 
um, old cis heterosexual white dude. I'm a young black queer millennial who saw someone who was in office who was in their 70s and wasn't doing anything to engage their community. And so um, when people say, like, you're not classy, I'm like, but by whose standards and who determines what's classy? And they've called me classy for less. So, like, unbothered. (laughs) Okay. I like that. (laughs) She got my vote. Okay, great. But where do you live, though? Like, do you live in my community? Like, I, I had so many people, and it's. I think this is also another entry point for people to learn more about the political process. Lots of people are like, you got my vote. I'm like, okay, but do you live in Rhode Island? More specifically, do you live in District 6? Mm. Are you registered to vote? And I love that this is getting people to say, like, oh, senators can be real people. And, like, there's some relatability. Like, most people probably didn't even think about the upcoming midterm elections until they saw this video and they're like, Oh, we got, we got elections. I got to vote for somebody. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it, 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 it makes me smile because we've got folks who are like, wow, like maybe I should be voting. And like, if I can vote for this person, great. And if I can't, who else can I vote for? Who maybe is just as cool and down to earth and approachable as this person. Mm-hmm. Another feedback I saw online, people were saying public beach, there's kids watching, State senator, there's kids watching. There's kids watching. What do you say? (laughs) So a lot of people made references to kids. I'm in a bathing suit. I don't know what people usually wear to the beach in their own free time, but when I was at this beach, people were in bathing suits covered in less. Um, And so I, I think it's this like false modesty that there is like some way that you have to behave. And there's this expectation that like, I have to hide my body because it doesn't look the way that certain people want it to look. Or this is like too overtly sexual. It's not like I'm like sitting here grinding on someone. If I was, that was like, that's totally fine. Um, But like, there's nothing overtly sexual or wrong about this video. And so when people say the kids, I'm like, but I'm wearing a bathing suit. I'm wearing exactly what a young person would see someone wearing um, at the beach. Our young people have also literally heard the last president of the United States say grab her by the pussy. Um, They have seen so many other things like you can literally during um, 2020, there were young people who were seeing black men being killed by police. And that was normal. We just had young people who saw their classmates who are eight, nine, 10 years old being shot by someone with a rifle where their bodies were literally unrecognizable because they were shot by a high-capacity assault rifle. This? My cheeks in the air? Y'all? It, it, it's, it's, it's funny because I'm like, I can literally watch Black Death on television more readily than I can see someone who looks like me, who leads like me, with compassion like mine, fighting for communities who has who don't have a voice and who don't feel represented, and then folks want to come back at this? Of all things, like young people have seen worse. They've been exposed to worse. And if this is the worst thing they've seen, or in your opinion, then you're not paying attention and you don't live in the same America that I've been living in. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Mike mm-hmm. Mike drop. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um and yeah, I like that you you brought up Trump because that's that was one of the another of the feedbacks I saw a lot of people were saying if you like this, you shouldn't be mad at Trump grabbing women by the pussy. And yeah, overall, like a quick response to that, like that idea of like you this you shouldn't be mad at this if you were mad at Trump. Kind of go, going deeper with that a bit. 
Yeah, and I think a lot of people have uh, a lot of people have also tried to use this as like you should like are you not ashamed and like this is like how like how dare you as if like my body is supposed to be a secret or it's supposed to be an apology or that like by existing I am a hypersexualized being. I'm I'm literally next to no one. I'm doing nothing overtly sexual. I'm literally moving my body. This is a yoga pose at the end of the day. It's a yoga pose with some added movement because I got a little bit more hip movement and a little bit more booty to jiggle up there. And so when when folks try to paint this as something that it's not, it's 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 the jump and it's the leap and it's the mental gymnastics that I'm like, baby girl, you've lost me because your argument is inherently centered on racism because black bodies have always been hypersexualized even before me. Black blackness has always been fetishized and then you have on top of that I'm a woman the fact that after the supreme court literally ruled that I have no rights to my body in certain states and then folks want to tell me that this is not it like I've already been told by everything in the United States that my body's not my own my rights are not my own if you were poor you don't matter if you are black you don't matter if you are trans you don't matter if you're gay you don't matter and so to do this as an act of resistance, as an act of joy, and to sell them like, fuck your labels, fuck your like, fuck your norms, like, I will do this regardless. And like, the fact that they can't control me, and the fact that they want to say like, but like, you should have known better, but why? Says who? For what reasons? Like, this is not professional. According to who? And to what reason? Am I supposed to be professional on a beach mm-hmm. on my free time? Like, no, like you don't get to continue to make the rules so that I can follow them and trip up when I don't follow them, co- quote unquote, correctly. How about specifically someone said on Twitter, Tierra Mac is why blacks aren't taken seriously. If I am the reason why black people are not taken seriously, then what what have what America have we been living in before this? Like. Trayvon Martin was literally carrying a bag of Skittles when he was shot. George Floyd literally said he could not breathe and they killed him regardless. Philando Castile had his own gun that he told police he had in his car that was registered in his name and they shot him anyway. Breonna Taylor was laying in her bed and they shot her in her sleep. Like, that is not why they don't respect us. They were calling me classless they were calling me nigga before they were calling me xyz before this video they have never respected blackness my blackness has always been a threat i've got black brothers i've got black uncles who've been in and out of the prison system because they have been put on a track because of the opioid epidemic crack literally put in our communities our schools literally telling our black boys and girls that they are criminals This is not why they don't respect us. This has nothing to do with why they don't respect us. My body has always been fetishized by whiteness and by the system. They never respected me regardless. And so for people to say that this is the reason their eyes are not open and they're not connecting the dots and they're playing into the narrative that they, that whiteness wants us to stay, that we have to assimilate. We have to be as close to whiteness as possible in order to be respected. I have an Ivy league degree. They don't respect me in the state house regardless. I speak quote unquote white according to some black people and yet I'm still not respected by white people regardless. So it has nothing to do with what I'm doing. It has everything to be with. It has everything to do with 
the skin that I have and the melanin it contains is disrespected by white people regardless. Day one, from the jump, out the womb. Whiteness never respected me regardless. This didn't change their minds. Yeah. And another point that you pivoted towards that I was going to point out, one of the feedbacks I saw, one of the direct Twitter replies I saw to one of your tweets speaking about oppression, someone said, you're, you went to an Ivy League school and you're a senator, you're not oppressed. What do you respond to that? Formerly low-income black woman who literally had to go and try to check off all of the boxes that whiteness told me I needed to be successful. Still, to this day, I am in a state senate seat. I'm a seated senator with an Ivy League degree. I still get talked over in meetings at the state house. I still have bills that aren't scheduled. I still have people who disrespect me who don't know my name. I got braids one time and they're like, oh my God, Senator Mack, we didn't recognize you. I'm like, I'm one of two black people in this room. How do you not recognize me? And so like, it, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, and specifically I would point out, especially when it comes to, we spoke about it before, earlier in the interview where you discuss your actual salary because a lot of people say the senator and now they want to point it towards being rich like a lot of people on twitter like she's rich she's a senator but then her salary is literally public information and you know sixteen thousand a year to me is not rich at all so i don't you know it's like yeah you know but a lot of people don't know that either they're just misinformed they don't know actual state senator's salary but guess what you can look hers up publicly online free google just search it away Mm -hmm. and it might change some of your opinions out there and it's also not a full-time job just yes. like disclaimer again i do this job in addition to my other job i also play rugby so i do this in addition to playing rugby i do this in addition to hanging out with my friends i do this in addition to trying to like date like this is an add-on because i care about my community and i care about the rules and i've been able to navigate like yes i recognize that i have some privilege because i've been able to navigate predominantly white spaces i speak the way that i speak and i have the accolades that whiteness has said yes you get to come into our spaces because you have the degrees that we've already said are worth being in our spaces i only get to navigate those spaces i don't get to like fully immerse myself there's still a barrier between me and the spaces they can occupy and so when people try to paint this like like you don't know what oppression is, like that negates my entire experience, that negates that we like I still live in a world as a black queer woman where I have to see people who look like me literally shot, literally killed by police violence. I have to watch people who look like me fight for their right for food, fight for their right not to be evicted in the middle of winter. Fighting for their right to exist and go to a school that isn't crumbling. Fighting for their right to drink water that isn't contaminated with lead. Fight for air that is being able to, like, that they can breathe and not get asthma from. Like, yes, I do have a certain level of privilege, but by being a black woman, I will never have the amount of privilege that whiteness affords to white people. And for people not to understand that part of the conversation, they've already... They've already tried to paint a picture that I am on not their side when like that is what whiteness wants to do. It wants to divide. I am trying to build a narrative that like we can have both and like I can have privileges in this way and I can still be oppressed in this system. Mm -hmm. Speaking of whiteness, let's look at arguably the biggest white male figure in news media, um, especially if we're talking about actual former Formal, formal news channels, you know, Fox News, CNN, 
It doesn't really get bigger than Tucker Carlson. And he actually tweeted this. I saw this video that someone posted on YouTube, like on a regular YouTube channel. But then Mm -hmm. I researched it more and I realized that he actually tweeted this. Last night, 8.53 p.m., Tucker Carlson, July 5th, 2022, from his Twitter account, it reads, Why are Democrats holding back the very talented Tierra Mac? Which actually rhymes. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. It's also funny because some people also were like, wait, Tiara Wack is in politics? I was like, no. Like, yes, our names just a lot sound people com- similar. Confuse you with, I was going to ask you that as well. If, do you listen to Tiara Wack? Yes, I do. That's crazy how, how you're actually, at least you're aware of her. Because a lot of people, like, that would be even weirder. Like, what the coincidence? But you were, you were obviously were aware of her. Yeah, yeah, I know who she is. Like, love the music. But that's not me. Yeah, Tiara, Tiara uh, Mac is not Tiara Wack, you know. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure Tiara Wack. I'm, I gotta check her Twitter account, but she probably is aware of you by now, especially if we got people like Tucker Carlson. So here's his actual reaction, and we're gonna get your reaction directly after. You have to wonder why it's left to this show of all places to announce the rising star, the next rising star in the Democratic Party. But it is, so we're going to. It's a woman called Tiara Mack. You never heard of Tiara Mack? Well, maybe that's because she's a state senator in the country's smallest state, Rhode Island. And you have to wonder why. This is a woman with demonstrated talent who has, as she announced... Yeah, this is like slowly panning in. He <laughs> really wanted to take a look. Brown, but still technically Ivy League. Famous people send their kids there. Whatever, it's brown. You should be impressed. And she's an amazing performer. Here's her latest campaign ad. Senator Mack. So you ever had those moments where you see something and you're like, oh, that's the future. That's what it looks like. We saw Tierra Mack head in the sand, twerking, and we thought, man, that's the Democratic Party 2020. So not everyone liked it, and she responded this way on Twitter, quote, damn, twerking upside down really makes the conservative unhinged internet accounts pop off on Monday. And nevertheless, she wrote, I'm really excited for the House sex ed bill hearing later today. Teaching comprehensive, queer, inclusive, pleasure-based sex ed was a highlight of my time teaching. And you got to wonder, since she just summarized everything the Democratic Party is for, why isn't her own party embracing her? Why is she still a state senator in Rhode Island? Why isn't she secretary of state? Why aren't they pushing her for president? Oh, she's not old enough. Really? Because the racist Constitution says she's not old enough. Why not change the Constitution? Why not make Tierra Mac your standard bearer in 2024? But they're not. They're pushing Joe Biden. He's like oh. lagging. <laughs> it would lag. Oh damn! I mean, he goes on. Come on, Tucker. That's a great angle of me too. Hundred years old, <laughs> pale, stale Joe Biden, and then Hillary Clinton and Pete Buttigieg again. Talk about systemic racism, Tierra Mac. 2024. She ought to run with the guy in the dress who oversees Biden's nuclear waste program. That's Sam Britton. He's our new deputy assistant secretary for spent fuel and waste disposition. Deals with the spent fuel rods. He's also got something called a puppy fetish. How how do we know this? Well, it's all of our social media. So, of course, he's in the Biden administration. So he ought to be right up there with Tierra Mac. And then they should go a step further. Why not make Rachel Levine head of DOD? He's already an admiral. Come on now. Be honest about who you are. People appreciate it. Tierra Mac 2024. So, 
Talk about wow. Tucker Carlson literally. I, I we should have counted how many times he said her name because it was not not just once. Definitely. Yeah. So. I wonder how many times he went back to that picture though. Yeah, he definitely. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely had a thorough um segment on you and. I personally, I watch both. Like, I try to watch news from CNN and Fox News to get both sides of it. But specifically, Tucker Carlson, for the most part, I just find him amusing. I really don't take him very seriously because I, I don't agree with a lot of the stuff that he states. But I was, like, thinking overnight. I'm like, hmm, I wonder if he's going to speak about Tierra. And here we have it. What is your response to Tucker Carlson? <laughs> I have actually never, I've only seen clips of him and memes of him. Um, and so I know that he's like this, like right wing, like it boy in conservative media, but I, I, it was just like really funny when I had friends where they're like, Oh my God, Tucker Carlson said your name. And I was like, Oh, the meme guy, the guy from the memes, like cool. Um, and I knew it was going to be something equally as like ridiculous as exactly what happened. Um, so I'm, I mean, I am unfazed by it because like, at the end of the day, it was an eight-second video, and he's suggesting that I should be president and change the Constitution and, like, also had some, like, anti-transness thrown in there. It was just, like, it's so ridiculous and so flamboyant that it's just, like, okay, like, what is your actual argument, though? Like, like he doesn't point to anything being wrong in the video. Um, he doesn't actually have an argument about blackness, like, a class like he doesn't say it's classless he doesn't really provide anything other than like the flamboyant nature of like this popping on his desk and him having to go off the cuff about some like bodacious woman who like happens to be like now a household name um but yeah i think it's amusing uh but i think it also led to a lot more people giving me a phone call on my uh on my senator phone number calling me the n-word he is it's no secret that he is someone who has radicalized many white supremacists across the nation who listen to that channel and feel that america is slipping from their like fingers and they have to protect their communities by getting others outside of it and so after after that segment aired i got phone calls from like 8 p.m to like 4 a.m this morning and most of them are calling me the n-word like most of them are calling oh. me like a fat bitch nigga. Like that like that's literally at least five of the messages that I got like during my sleep because of the segment. And so like he knew what he was doing with his platform to like cause even more harassment and even more like sensationalizing this like clickbait argument. Um, but like he elevated my platform more. So like thank you for that. Now more people. Um, I had someone literally tell me they're like. So you were on Tucker Carlson, which means I guess you're basically amazing because everything he is against, we are for. So like your name's out there now. Um, but yeah, like thanks for sending some more racists my way. And other than that, like this this is on track with everything that I've heard about him and his platform. And it's pretty consistent with not for me, not my people, not many people I know listen to him and like follow it. But like now that I know it's out there. Yeah, because millions of people watch. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Unless, unless the numbers are skewed. Yeah. But yeah, millions of people watch him on a mm -hmm. weekly, uh, nightly basis. So you literally felt, unfortunately, obviously in your situation, the domino effect of said Tucker Carlson. Yes. That is, you know, interesting to hear from a first, you know, first person perspective, actually, 
you know, someone that went through it? Because obviously you said that you've received similar calls in the past, especially after now the twerking video being posted, but with the Tucker Carlson mm -hmm. actual segment on you, which for those who obviously didn't understand, it was sarcasm. You know, he was all for her saying, like, vote for her, let's make her president. But with the sarcastic tone, you know, because um, I did see some people kind of confused, like, what? He's going for her? But it's like, you guys don't understand the star sarcasm yeah. there. But at the same time, it's like, if you don't understand it, it only benefits you still in a sense where it's like, okay, I guess he's, you know, because he does, he does sarcasm. Because uh, I watch a lot of his clips. He does sarcasm a lot. But never really like full on segments like this. He tends to kind of just be daggering, daggering. With you specifically, he I guess he just decided to make it more. I mean, that's the power theatrical. of the booty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm joking. <laughs> the power of the booty. You know, um, that's crazy. I would, I would imagine you and um Tucker uh, doing a, a dance battle or a twerk off. Right, winding up on him. He wish. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know if Tucker can handle that. I don't know if oh. Tucker Tucker's ha been to a couple, you know, you know, whining parties or like you know those school those school dances we used to go back in the day. People just mm -hmm. grind on the wall. Yeah. I'm not sure if Tucker's um been, but hey, you know, he's more invited to try. I guess you know. Um, I know he doesn't have a TikTok. Um, but someone who I know definitely has a lot of social media platforms and arguably is a bit more bigger. I would say than Tucker when it comes to her audience because she's publicly admitted to being a far right actual you know politician that she you know especially during the Trump administration mm -hmm. was very famous has now spoken out Marjorie Taylor Greene a couple hours ago fresh off the press has posted this video um, responding and reacting to Tierra yes, from my home state of Georgia oh correct and she still is a representative out of there Yes, she is, but there is a black man who is running against her. He's got a cute cowboy hat and like a three-legged dog, so vote for him. And when it comes to her, what is your, so you obviously were, because with Tucker, you weren't so much up on, you know, him and everything that he entails, but with her, were you more? No, I, I know that she is an alt-right gun fanatic that stands literally for everything that I don't. She was like, Pretty sure one of the insurrectionists, like maybe not. Um, I just know like Marjorie Taylor Greene, crazy gun, ultra conservative, like right wing Georgia rep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> good summary. A lot of a lot of a lot of good um uh, verbs right there. Here we have the video, fully. Here's one thing I want to I want to finish with this, and I want to finish with twerking for Senate because God knows none of us have ever seen this before. And this, this, is, this is something that I can't even believe I'm showing you. It's so outrageous. Well, her name is Tierra Mack. Oh, Tierra. And she is currently a state senator for Rhode Island. She has been elected. Um, yes, I was. And she's running for Senate. And here's how she appeals to, I don't know, the 80-year-old rich white liberals who basically voted her into power. Let's go ahead and watch Tierra twerking for Senate. Senator Mack. Vote Senator Mack. <laughs> twerking for Senate. Oh my gosh. Hey, listen, she's she's something. She sponsored a bill to teach queer inclusive pleasure-based 
sex education to children. <laughs> no, let me say it again. I know you're shocked and I was shocked too. Yes, she sponsored a bill to teach queer inclusive pleasure-based sex education to kids. That's Tierra Mac. And you know, she's so desperate for attention that she, she put out that video and that's why we made her Demon Possession of the Week. We oh. just couldn't resist. Demon so Possession of the Week? What an honor. <laughs> you made Demon Possession of the Week on MTG Live. Okay, you guys. Demon now, Possession that, of I mean, the Week, I which I didn't know was a, a thing? was a thing. And um, okay. I'm trying to understand it a bit more. I guess possessed. So you're possessed by a demon? Demon Possession of the Week, I guess. Crazy, bro. I mean, news to me, Crazy but... Crazy-ass label. <laughs> that's a... Because that's a, I know Charlemagne does Donkey of the Day. You, you want to know what's crazy? She low-key looks like a demon. <laughs> Marjorie Taylor. She, she low-key looks evil. Yeah. yeah. Mar I mean, I make it my mission not to talk about people's appearances because <laughs> body shaming is never correct, but... Especially another female, right? Because she's Marjorie Taylor. Just like anyone. Like anyone. Like no matter your gender... I just like I just like you can't help how you look. Mm -hmm. You can help how you act, and you can help how you like present yourself to the world. But how you look, you got nothing to do with that. Um, but yeah, no, that is. I mean, I know that she is a hateful bitch, <laughs> and I can judge her on that. Yeah, and so I will. <laughs> yeah, and when it comes to specifically the bill, for those who don't know that she was talking about specifically the bill is Bill S two two eight five, correct? Yeah, so that was the bill for 2022. I also introduced that bill last year, and I talked about this a little bit on my TikTok, which you all should follow. Um, but that bill I introduced in 2021, my first year in session, and it got no traction. No one was uh, talking about that bill at all. It's a comprehensive, queer-inclusive, age-appropriate, uh, pleasure-based sexual health education bill that would teach, uh, that would include that in the definition for sex ed for sixth graders through 12th graders in Rhode Island. Mm. Um, that bill did not get any traction. And then in 2022, this year, after a wave of anti-LGBTQ bills, including the Don't Say Gay bill in Florida and the anti-trans bills that happened in Texas and the national wave of anti-trans kids in sports, this bill like picked up like the right wing conservatives were like, we must prosecute her for this bill. And it's mm -hmm. a bill about safety. It's a bill about inclusion. It's a bill about making sure that people know their bodies and they have the, the tools to navigate conversations about their sexuality. Um, and the right wing took this up and they're like, oh, my God, she wants to teach her kids how to masturbate when they're like three years old. I'm like, that's not what this bill is. Y'all are weird. Maybe like, like, I don't know what, like, that's not what this bill is. It's a comprehensive, queer, inclusive, age appropriate, culturally relevant, pleasure based sexual health education bill because we fundamentally have young people who don't, who don't, who don't understand their bodies, don't know how to navigate these conversations, don't know how to talk about consent, and they don't know how to talk about sexual assault and sexual violence. And so, that is the aim of this bill. And it was also paired with a bill called the Sexual Assault Survivors Bill of Rights, which it, a version of it passed this year with my name on it. And so these bills never happen in isolation. The Comprehensive Sex Ed Bill is also a bill um, that paired well with the Sexual Assault Survivors Bill of Rights, which protects people um, who are victims of sexual violence. But the right wing never want to talk about the positives. They never want to talk about protecting people. They only want to talk about uh, queer black people who are 
I guess, demons of the week who want to quote unquote harm our young people. And as an educator, um, that was one of the most disappointing takes that I got. And I will fight tooth and nail and call out all these people in their names and use every single like piece of resources that my Ivy League degree afforded me because that is, it is ridiculous. It is, it is like completely bizarre to me that someone would take a bill aimed at helping young people navigate conversations around their bodies and their autonomy and turn it into something like sick and weak when we have literally a former president who was uh, accused of sexual violence and sexual assault. We have two seated uh, Supreme Court justices who just took away our right to abortion, who had national cases about them sexually assaulting people in their lives. And me, someone who has been a champion for all communities, including young people, is being called a is being called names that are vile and disgusting and untrue. Um, yeah, I get a little high, I get a little like. I get a little like worked up about this because that is the narrative that the right has been trying to paint that queer black people, young people are trying to like harm our children when that's the furthest thing from the truth. And the right ultra conservative are literally harming the mental health and wellness and safety of young people by literally targeting them and older queer people. So mm -hmm. very upsetting. Um, and it is no surprise to me that people who want to spew hate also in the same vein will spew at any chance that they get. Yeah. And for those who don't know, um, cause I definitely thoroughly read the bill and there's a portion because I feel like a lot of people online, especially surface level who don't know, about bills and how they work they get scared because they think it's like even if you don't agree with the policy or said actual intention they think it's like by demand or by force but when you read it it literally says a parent or legal guardian may exempt his or her child from the program by written directive to the principal of the school no child uh no child should be no child it says no child so exempted shall be penalized academically reason of the exemption, but it might have been a typo. Um, but basically, this is a bill, but it's not forcing nobody. You have the actual option if you are a parent that doesn't agree with this when it comes to your child, your student in the school, you can decide to, hey, I don't want them to do that. And I think that makes it kind of, you know, obviously digestible for all, in my opinion. But if you actually read the bill, you understand that. But, you know... I get it. They want to politicize it more and kind of like make it scarier than what it really is. It's, but definitely do your research and read the proper bill. Um, and this also goes kind of hand in hand with something that came up on Twitter a lot. And I believe it was one of Ariel's questions. What does respectability politics mean to you? I saw this uh, come up a lot. It's like a new thing. A lot of people keep talking about this term. What does it mean to you? Yeah. So a lot of people, um, this goes back to like, you should have been, you should have acted professional. You are a sinner. You should act this way. Respectability politics is this idea that when I am in spaces, I must perform whiteness. I must act a certain way in order to be respected. And like I said earlier, as a black woman, they won't respect me regardless. Respectability politics is this idea that if you are black, or a person of color, if you behave in the way that white people expect you to behave, you speak proper, you're not loud, you're not aggressive, and you like conform and you say all of your syllables and you like say it with a smile on your face and you're not too aggressive and you're you're pretty easygoing, white people will then be kinder to you or they won't take away your rights or they will like treat you better. But it's because black people 
um, and I'm using black people because I'm a black person. So this is my only this is my only experience that I can use. But because we are loud, because we are unruly, because we don't speak in full sentences or we don't say all of our words correctly, that is why white people look down on us. So if we are just more respectable mm. or more aligned with whiteness if we act more like white people we will be respected in the same way that white people are respected but that is not true again trayvon martin was literally shot while he had skittles in his hand philando castile was literally shot while telling them that he his gun was in the glove compartment they don't care how much we respect them how much we try to speak like them act like them walk like them talk like them at the end of the day Racism works in a way that me being black is a direct threat to my safety, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And a couple more questions before, you know, we get you out of here. Appreciate you lending us your time at all, especially the raw yeah, reaction. I'm a talker, so I'm so sorry. No, no, <laughs> no worries. We've, we've had plenty of guests, you know, talk way more than you. So you're, you're good. Um, what is your actual reaction uh, to the actual current president of the United States, Joe Biden's current term and his actual job that he's done so far as a Rhode Island state senator. Biden, baby girl, like forgive my loans. I'm looking at you. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I think like, was he the president that I wanted? No. Is he the president that we got? Yes. But I think this is, um, this is the, the conversation that I hope more people pour into. Like at a national level, yes, it matters, but there is so, 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 so much more impact at the local level. We literally determine on a local level how we spend our dollars and who we care for. We can have better treatment for low-income people, poor people, um, recently immigrated folks, undocumented folks, for young people. We can have more rights for trans people, for intersex people in, a, in our state at a state level. It's up to our city council. It's up to our state legislature. People think that the president has the most power. That is clearly not the case when we have a president who is still at the beck and call of a senate and a house in rhode island lots of people think the most powerful person in a room is the governor that is completely untrue some of the most power that's held in our state is by the senate president and the house speaker those two people have no term limits most people don't even know their names and they make and determine which laws get passed and which don't they determine who gets appointed to certain boards and how much money they get to spend. They get to determine who runs our state. And so when people are like, what's happening at the federal level? I don't have faith in the federal level. I have faith right here in the grassroots with my neighbors and my friends who I build community with right here in Providence to make sure that no matter what happens federally, our state, our city, our people here are taken care of because we have the resources to do that right now. And for those who are looking to vote now when it comes to the new term, the new actual slew of upcoming senators, the new terms that are ending and actually starting, what would you say to people, especially in your district, Rhode Island, why should Rhode Islanders vote for Senator Mack? Especially, I saw this come up a lot, a lot of people, which you can add into your answer, because she is not born and raised in Rhode Island so why should she be one of our state representatives? Yeah, well, Rhode Island is now my home. I've been here for over a decade now. It is the place where I basically grew up. I lived in Georgia for 12 years, um, but my entire adult life where I live, where I make money and where I went to college has been here. I've worked tirelessly for the people of Rhode Island because I want to be here, because I want to create a family here, because I want 
this to be a place that not only I want to live, but other people have the right to live, the access, the ability to live here because they can afford a home, they can afford food, they have quality schools and they have health care and they have safe communities in which they live. Um, some people are born into a home and some people choose a home. That doesn't make their home any less valid. Um, and I, I think it's a disservice to people who are working really hard to make sure that the home that they're living in and the home that other people live in is a quality place where everyone wants to live and where everyone's life matters and where everyone is respected and where no life is harder to live than another. And that might be idealistic for some people, but I believe that world is possible. And I, I lead and I create that change in those ways. My campaign slogan is hope in action. I am a very optimistic person. And I also believe that with that optimism, I have to be doing the work every single day with community in order to make that hope possible. There is no hope without action. So I do every single action to build more hope for the people around me. Um, and so I think it, I can understand that some people are not used to people fighting so hard for people that they do not know. And that's what new compassionate, bold leaders. I do not need to know you to respect you. I do not need to know you to love you. I do not need to know you in order to believe that you deserve a home, that you deserve access to health care, that you deserve access to food, that you shouldn't be exposed to um, toxic chemicals in your air and your water. I don't need to know you in order to believe that you don't deserve to be put on a pathway where you're going to put in be put inside the ACI. I don't need to know you in order to love you and feel compassion and feel that your life matters. And so when people say that you're not from here, I can love you regardless. I can respect you and have compassion and want to fight for you as if you were someone in my community because you are, because Rhode Island is my community. And so, um, yeah, I think that's what I would say. I, I will fight for you regardless. I will love you regardless. And I will fight for the people who need it most, the most marginalized, the most um, underrepresented, and the folks whose voices have not been heard in the state house before. All right. And two last quick questions. What would be a quick sentence you would say to any young person out there in the world right now that's not interested in politics, does not care about voting? What is your opinion as a politician? Yeah, I mean, I was not invested in politics either. I was not meant to be here. I did not see myself growing up here. But Rhode Island politics is literally wild. If y'all have not, like, um, a funny story, like, I, I, there was also another TikTok video today. The Senate president who's been there for, like, 37 years, he literally was arrested for stealing condoms. He has DUIs. Like, Rhode Island politics is wild. These are the people who are determining how millions of dollars a year are spent. Mm -hmm. We have people who have actively embezzled. Like, my opponent literally was... Uh, arrested for taking money from his campaign account three years ago before I was elected. His wow. last term was right before I was elected. Wow. And, this, and he's running again against me. There are people who, there's another person uh, who lives in Pawtucket, Tabone, who also like took a lot of money from like um, low income black and brown people. And some people I believe were undocumented. Like these are the corrupt people who lead our state. You don't have to quote unquote know what you are doing. These people don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Half these people literally do not care one way or the other. If you eat today, if you have a roof over your head today, all they care about is lining their pockets and lining their friends' pockets. I would rather someone who cares about something be in that space, making rules and collaboration with other people, because it's not just one person. It's a bunch of people coming together to make our community. So if you are passionate about making change and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to look like being an elected official. You can be a campaign manager. You can be someone who goes and testifies at the state house. You can be someone who follows politics and do and does the research. You can be someone who goes and knocks on your neighbor's door, telling them about a free program to make sure their kids are eating during the summer because they're no longer in school and there's no free lunch program. 
program. There's so many ways to get involved that don't look like just like running. You just have to find it. You can make graphics. You can make music. You can make T-shirts. All of that is getting involved in the political process. There's a space for everyone to get involved in politics because politics is about community. So I hope more people feel that like seeing a young, queer, black, unapologetic person talking like this inspires them to say like, oh, well, well, damn, maybe I can do that. Like maybe it's not as hard or maybe it's not as like scary and maybe it's not as like um, prohibitive. Maybe there aren't as many barriers because someone who looks like me is doing it and telling me that I can too. Mm-hmm. And last question, Tierra Mac, now number one search political situation happening Tierra Mac twerking who would be the one politician if you were to challenge them to a twerk off dance battle look in the camera and call them out one politician it could be any other politicians actively serving you know I would say actively obviously because it might be a possibility we might make this happen so who would be oh my god um honestly I don't want to see none of them twerking (laughs) Because it would just be well, so you unfortunate. Twerk. I know, but it would be unfortunate for some of them. <laughs> like, I don't want to like, I don't want to put somebody out like that. Like, I like, I can't really like. I, is there anyone who looks like they got rhythm up there? Nancy Pelosi. No, don't say her name. <laughs> we don't hear her thinking she's cool with us because she ain't cool with us. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. no, I. I, there's so many exciting new young people. I, I would say, like, if you are black and queer and under the age of 35 and you are in elected office, I want to see you twerk with me. Like, let's start a movement of young elected twerkers. Uh, let, let's twerk for the people. Like, we're working for the people. Let's twerk for the people. Okay. <laughs> that would be very interesting. Twerk for the people, the, you know, new movement. Tierra Mac, I appreciate you being here. We appreciate your time. And thank you for, you know, giving us your your time just in general yeah, for being for here me. yeah so we wish her you know luck this year you know especially safety um you may feel however you feel feel free to share your opinions in the comments you know if you are even maybe her adversary if you would like to be provided the platform to maybe come back and actually respond to anything that she said today feel free to reach out we can maybe make that happen i don't see why not but i would say definitely i wish you safety i hope this doesn't go you know, people are threatening you, but I hope that doesn't get like, you know, especially in, like your home, like someone vandalizes you or like even like follows you. I hope it doesn't get to that extremity, um, you know, because I don't think it's that serious at all. People, it's not serious enough to make a threat, let alone endanger her. You know, yeah, yeah. she's a human being. You can yeah. agree, disagree, whatever. But, you know, I don't know. It's in my opinion, a lot of people got to relax, but. I appreciate you again. And yeah, no, thank you. you know, we'll stay fun. in touch. And everybody, this is a CA podcast cap and we're out. They gonna love me for my ambition. ambition.